It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Wednesday. And we will be joined in the next hour by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, who right now is unveiling the city's comprehensive housing plan. And we'll talk more with you about that in the next hour. Um, when we can go over some of those proposed some of those um, proposed uh, initiatives with the mayor while he's in here with us on the station, uh, and of course he'll be back again this evening at seven p.m. with South Coast tonight. Uh, generally, we have a rule where we definitely don't want the same person on multiple shows in the same day, but we make that concession when it's Mayor Mitchell uh, because it, it is a it's a different conversation when he's on South Coast tonight because they. They can dive, you know, when he's here with us, we're trying to cover a bunch of different topics. We're trying to get information out to the audience. We're trying to take your phone calls with your questions for the mayor. When they have him on South Coast tonight, they're able to drill down more into some of the single issues that are out there. So uh, you know, kind of listen to us for an overview this morning and then listen to them tonight for a much more in-depth discussion. And, uh, and of course, tomorrow we're going to be joined here on the program uh, by Detective Kyle Costa, who is the public information officer for the Dartmouth Police. We're going to talk with him about using social media to help find suspects, help capture suspects, and how it works for them, but also at the same time how there's been you know some folks who have looked at the way that they do it and the way that they use humor to get those posts, you know, uh, get attention on those posts and get them shared, yet some of it goes... And I, I'll admit, I think some of it goes too far. Certainly some of the commenters go too far. And, and I, I mentioned that to Detective Costa when I was talking with him the other day about it. So we'll have a discussion about that tomorrow morning. And then, of course, on Friday, uh, we will have City Council President Linda Morad, as well as, uh, if I remember correctly this week, it'll be Councilor at Large Shane Burgo joining her on the program. So we will uh, have that for you sat, uh, Friday in the 10 a.m. hour. So let me just catch up a little bit on app chat because we've had a few uh, app chat messages that have come in in the first hour. Uh, we were talking about the state of news and news coverage on the South Coast because last night the City Council's Committee on Appointment and Briefings had the media in for a discussion. And, you know, all of the outlets that were there said the same thing. It's nice to actually have somebody that wants the media to come in, a government body that wants the media to come in. And it was a very productive discussion. It was um, very much, you know, just about what are the challenges that you were facing and how can we help you more with some of those challenges. Uh, but we, we got some comments about that. Uh, Bob Cabral uh, says the best way to get information out there is stream meetings. All of them. People will disseminate from there. All I am told is that they are working on it. In today's world, it could get done for under a couple of hundred dollars in a couple of hours. They do not want that. People ask me a lot when I was on the road. No excuse. That would make tremendous strides in transparency. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um, that will certainly uh, help with transparency. And I had a conversation last night at the meeting 
uh, with, I talked with uh, Jim Marshall from uh, New Bedford Cable Network. And we talked about some of the challenges that are involved in that because, you know, if you've heard me, I've been kind of, you know, making some smarmy comments about, hey, you know, call me, I'll come and help you get it going. We can, I can help you get a live stream going. And he explained to me like some of the challenges that they're facing with that, but they are working on it. It is not something that they are not actively pursuing. Uh, it is something that they are talking about every day. There's some things, some some uh, hurdles that they have to clear to be cleared to do it. And uh, then it becomes a, a staffing issue. So, you know, I know you don't like to pay those high cable bills, but it's those high cable bills that might be able to make it so that you can have more streamed meetings. Also, uh, you know, Councillor Gomes lamented the loss of the news program that Jim Phillips used to host on, on cable TV every night that would give you all of the local news. And granted, you know, you're, you're probably not going to see something like that make a comeback. But, you know, somebody could out there, somebody out there could do that themselves on social media. You know, somebody could produce a nightly newscast like that. It, it, the opportunity is there for someone to do it. I mean, we're not going to do it because we've got too much on our hands as it is. But, you know, that was part of when I started the WBSM TV a few years ago that we were doing where we were kind of live streaming all of our shows on YouTube. And we had like, we had pretty good production value thanks to the genius of Matt Costa. And so we had really good graphics. We had, uh, you know, multiple cameras uh, between Matt and working with our engineer, Frank. We were able to make it so that it, it felt like, because I didn't just want a static webcam in here. A static webcam is boring. I know people like that. They like to watch the static webcam. But I also feel like the hosts don't like that because they feel like during commercial breaks they're being watched and all that stuff. And it's a little bit unnerving. And so, you know, with the way we had it set up, when the commercial went, when the commercials came on, the cameras went dark and, and you know, we had a graphic that would be on screen and all this stuff. And it worked out really well. The problem is, is, is it takes manpower to be able to, to run it. And we don't have that manpower currently. But I always envisioned as part of that, you know, we would have a 6 p.m. newscast where we would take one of our news reports from, from, you know, maybe the five o'clock news report. And I would just record it and share it out as a video, but we never quite got to that point. Uh, also, uh, independent thought in New Bedford says, hi, Tim, you mentioned Hill street blues on your show today. I just got done rewatching the entire series on prime. Surprisingly, the show held up pretty well, considering it's over 40 years old. It's also interesting how many future stars made first appearances on that show. Yeah. That show made a lot of careers. Um, I was going to watch that when it was streaming, I think, on, on Peacock. And as usual, it turned into one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the series because I never did. And I'm going to watch it from the beginning and I'm going to watch the whole thing. And I watched the first episode or two and then I forget to go back to it. I did that with, with Hill Street Blues. I did that with um, uh, St. Elsewhere. I did that with, I was going to do a rewatch of ER because I stopped watching it like in the middle of its run when I started like getting involved in things and being out on Thursday nights and all of that. So I'm sure Hill Street Blues is one that I should revisit at some point and, and give another try. But so many of those series, I watched the first couple episodes and then I, I don't keep going. I was going to do that with Columbo because I've only seen Columbo like in bits and pieces over the years, like when it was on syndicated TV. And I was like, well, now I can watch it from the first one. Because I'm very much the person that has to watch everything from episode one. Even if it's something like Columbo where it doesn't matter from episode to episode. 
but I have to watch the whole thing from the beginning. So I started watching it and I just, you know, no fault of the show, just stopped watching it. So I don't have as much TV time as I would like to have. I, uh, that, sh- that should have been my calling. I should get, should get paid just to sit and watch TV and write about it. I've had a few gigs like that over the years where I've done a little bit of critiquing and done some review. It just didn't pay well enough to make it so that I could just sit on the couch all day and watch TV and write about it. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. I, want to, I do want to get back into the idea of the news coverage of the area. And again, as I said, you know, I'm taking a victory lap for WBSM, but that's, um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a happy victory lap. It's, it's being taken begrudgingly because it's sad to see the lack of a, a real newspaper in this area. I think New Bedford Light is doing a lot of great work, but that's not the day-to-day work that you would, the day-to-day coverage that you would see from a newspaper. And there was a time when I was working here and we did have a pretty good staff, but we thought nothing of saying, all right, well, we don't have to cover that. The Standard Times got to it. So if the Standard Times beat us to a story and they had something, or if we knew that they were going to be covering something, we didn't feel as much pressure to have to cover it ourselves because no matter what, the people of the community were going to get that news. Well, those days are gone. We, we can't depend on them to cover something because they might be using their, their writer that could go out and cover something that's going on. Instead, that writer is writing a, you know, 20 great places to get a slice of pizza that we already wrote two months ago. So they don't, they don't have as many bodies as they used to have back in those days, obviously, but they also don't have the same desire to go out and cover those things. And let me, let me tell you, let me tell you the dirty secret about this. Readership doesn't care about a lot of the things that people complain don't get covered by the news. That's why they don't get covered by the news. You know, when, when people say to us, oh, gee, you know, it would have been really nice to see you with the, the grand opening we had for this new business that opened up. It would have been really nice if, if, if you had been there. Okay, but if we send somebody there, nobody would have read that story because we already wrote a story two months ago about how that business was coming to town. Or one of the things that we get a lot is, why don't you write more good News. Why is everything that you write so negative? And and I don't think that everything that we write is negative. I think we have a great balance of that. I think you have, you know, you have Barry who does a great job of writing a lot of, um, you know, kind of nostalgia pieces, I guess we could call them. Because he, he can remember in New Bedford that I'm too young to have known and that Phil wasn't here at the time. And, you know, Marcus and, and Chris are too young. So he, he can remember things and share things from a time that we wouldn't have access to. And those articles always get a lot of great interest in them. Uh, we cross-post a lot of the articles from Fun 107 because they're out there writing good content that we think you, the WBSM audience, would want to read. We used to make the assumption that if you followed us, you followed them, and if you followed them, you followed us. But, you know, now we've said it's 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 okay. We can We can share those stories so that we make sure that the audience gets to see them, such as, you know, Jackson writing yesterday about the Orpheum Theater being on the market. 
And that's something that I definitely want to talk about, in, you know, if not today, in the future. What are some of the things that you would love to see the Orpheum be used for? It's going to take a lot of work if anybody wanted to buy it and restore it as a theater, like millions of dollars worth of work. But the good thing is the, the price is relatively low for buying the building. I think it was 599000 which is pretty low to buy a historic building like that. But it, again, it's going to need some work. It's going to need some restoration if you want to make it a theater. But anyway, that's just one of the stories that we can share. So I think we are giving you a good mix of coverage. Now, are you going to hear about that in the newscast at the top of the hour? No, we've got three or four minutes to give you all the top stories of the day. And unfortunately, a lot of the top stories are going to be bad news. That's just the nature of news. But I think we have a good balance of the content that we, we create and put out there digitally. And then based on, at least based on, this is kind of the way that I gear things. I look at what you are responding to from what we have online. And then I will talk about it. So, for example, yesterday I wrote an article about, you know, did you know that there were additional lyrics to the Rocky Point jingle? You know, we all know, come with your family, come with your friends. There's more verses after that. So I wrote an article about that. And if people care about it, we can talk about it. If people want to call up with Rocky Point memories, we can do that. I just try to give you something that I think you will be entertained by and that you want to discuss. I never want to be, and I don't want WBSM to be, something that tells you that this is what you should think about this issue and this is what you should be talking about. I think it's better if we're reacting to what people are talking about. Certainly we want to inform you of things, absolutely. But we don't want to... We don't want to steer the conversation one way or another. And I, I'll go back to last year with the the parking at, at the Noah's Place playground and that whole issue of that coming up, of there being, there, there was supposed to be park paid parking there. The, the city councilors found out about it. Councilor Pereira led the charge to, you know, get this overturned. Uh, and then we talked about it a lot on the radio. I know somebody was out gathering petitions and I'm not trying to uh, gathering signatures on a petition and I'm not trying to belittle the great work that they did but let's face it it was like two solid weeks of non-stop phone calls on this station on every program on this station talking about that issue and talking about how upset people were that that was going to be happening not only did they put it on pause I've had some conversations with people it doesn't look like it's even going to be suggested anymore so the whole you know we'll take a year we'll take a look at it and talk about it more next year they're not even gonna bother talking about it because they know what the they know what this the, the temperature of the city is on that and that's that's something that we were able to do just by fostering the conversation with you we didn't tell you that it's bad we told you what was going on you called us and told us that it's bad Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and share your thoughts on that or anything. Uh, and again, we will be joined by the mayor in the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about a number of issues with him. I already know the hour is just going to fly by with him. Uh, so if you don't get to hear what it is that you want to talk with the mayor about, 
Keep in mind, he will be on South Coast tonight this evening in the 7 p.m. hour. And also in the 9 p.m. hour, they're going to have Billy Sylvia, the president of the New Bedford Fire Union. They're going to talk more about that horrific fire yesterday and the fallout from that. They'll also get all the latest updates on it because, as I said this morning, they're still over there uh, working the scene. So it's it's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with the fallout from for, for quite a while. And, of course, the displaced residents that were living there who, again, it's it's a rooming house. It's not – those aren't apartments. It's a rooming house. So these are people who might have already had nowhere else to go. So they're working with um, – they're working with organizations like the Red Cross to uh, try to get them into uh, some new – housing uh, now that they've been displaced. I know that they're in a hotel now, as Councillor Gomes mentioned. They were able to get them in a hotel pretty quickly, but it's just a, a, a huge tragedy, so there'll be more on that with Billy Sylvia tonight on South Coast Tonight. Going to take a break. Be back in a few moments. Stay tuned. <laughs> In 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or app chat on the WBSM app if you want to text in. Let's go right to the phones. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Hey, listen, I can only think of one apartment building on the avenue. It's a big brick building near Danny Seafood. No, nope, this, is, this is the other end. This is uh, closer to 195. This is the, um, it's the building that has like the green... Windows, you know, like the, the 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 part that pops out of the building. I don't know what they call it. Like, um, is it right on the corner near Rite Aid? Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, corner right before that, I believe. No kidding, my I got I know somebody that lived there. Yeah, it's it's it was a beautiful building, and it looks like the building is going to be a total loss. Uh, they've they've um, they've certainly you know lost some some key pieces of uh, of historic architecture downtown to fires. Um, is it, um, I don't know. It's not that tall though. People would jump it out. Yeah. I think it's, I think it was three stories and, uh, yeah, people had to jump out of the window because they could, they couldn't get out of where they were. Somebody, um, died. There was a fatality. Yes. It's terrible, huh? Yeah. It's, I mean, any, any fire is a tragedy because people have to, you know, lose, lose so much of their lives in it. But yeah, this one was especially tragic. Hey, you were talking, excuse me, I got the cold still. <coughs> Sorry. Um, um, you were talking about um, journalism before, and I went to a to a seminar on a journalist named Greg O'Brien, mm -hmm. and he's got early onset Alzheimer's. What He's so intelligent. I bought the book. It's on Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's. And the doctor said he had fallen off his bike and he he crashed his head pretty bad. And when he went to the doctors, they took um, these, these certain scans and stuff in it. They could see that he had the early onset Alzheimer's and both his parents died of it. And he's like in his early 60s. But I'm reading the book and he wrote this book and it's amazing that how can you be so smart and have that? 
Yeah, no, I don't. I, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It just affects people, and um, uh, you know, my my dad's grandmother uh, suffered from it, and it was it was horrible to watch her. You know, I mean, I was very fortunate to be a young kid and have my great grandmother alive, but it's like it's like she wasn't there. You go to family uh, family functions, and she's just kind of just sitting over in the corner nodding, having no idea what's going on. Yet, yet she always remembered who I was. She she didn't necessarily always remember who other people were, but I guess you know, being the first great grandchild, she remembered me. Well, I met I met him, you know, when I he signed my book because my mother did have it, but my mother wasn't a scholar. You know, she was a regular woman who worked and yeah, was a homemaker. I don't I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's picky about who it chooses. Unfortunately, I know it's and it's amazing. I, the the movie was really good. It made you cry. He lives down in Brewster. I'm trying to look in the book now, but I can't see it where he was a. Uh, um, journalist for, but it was a famous newspaper, I think out of Boston. Well, they, I mean, thankfully they have, um, they have had some recent breakthroughs in Alzheimer's research that might, that might be able to help people, but unfortunately it's going to be something that has to help people very early on when they first start to detect it. He's on Avocet, but uh, it's going to take him, but, um, he knows that, but, um, uh, he, the, they said that his um, skills, the writing skills, will be the last to go. And um, he's, um, you, you can tell by looking at him, he's a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope the best for him, and I hope that they can, you know, find a cure for it before he, before he perishes from it. It says, "Have you heard about Greg the movie?" I don't know how you could look at it, but it's really a nice movie. Oh, a must-see a- documentary for anyone with a brain. Well, I mean, I guess I still qualify anyway. So I'll I'll take a look and I'll see if I can find it. Don't make me laugh. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll I'll let you Thank go. You. Thank you. I'm making my um uh, my corned beef my second one today. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I went out and looked in the stores and couldn't find one for a little while. And then I went to Market Basket. They were super expensive. Yeah, they don't go down over there, huh? No, I was like, they were like every one that I looked at was huge. That's why it was way bigger than I needed. So. I'll I'll get one in a couple of weeks when the price goes. I'll go down to the butcher shop and get one from them. All right. All right. Thank I'm you for the call. In. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You too. And 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Spooky. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm here. Uh, by the way, about that building, that boarding house there that they, they call it. And yes, it was a pretty uh, ornate building on the outside. Any idea what that building was in the past? Was it always a boarding house? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. Um, you know, if I go onto the Spinner website, they might have some information about it. Um, there might be some more, uh, some people who are more knowledgeable about its history who can kind of call in and let us know. Yeah, maybe two. Your maybe some of your older, uh, you know, um, hosts on this show like Barry might know, or mm-hmm. maybe even uh, Phil. Uh, the other thing I would think about it. You think at some time in the past, it might have been some sort of small hotel or something? It could have been, yeah, you if, you, if you have individual rooms like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when, you know, New Bedford was really, you know, way back in the old times, okay? One other issue I want to take up on a lighter side, okay? Watching TV, in Australia, some scientists, they developed a, uh, uh, a woolly mammoth meatball. 
I was wondering, since you like to eat, if that ever came out, would you want to tackle that baby? I mean, as long as they take the wool <laughs> off at first, I'd be no, happy the, to. No, the wool was off. It was all uh, meat and everything. It's about a ton, I think, of something that they, they made it under glass and everything. So <laughs> I could see you tackling that with some tomato sauce or something. I, the... I would love to, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I just wanted to be on the lighter side a bit uh, after such a bad thing that happened. But I, I thought of you right away when I saw that last night. I wonder if... Spooky Tim would like to try to attack us because he loves to eat. You know? the, ma- the mammoth meatball. The I am mammoth in. meatball. <laughs> All right, Tim. All right, have, have a good, good day. One. Yeah, bye bye. And uh, yeah, speaking of um, speaking of exotic meats, uh, you know the the, the Chard Oak Tavern released is we had the story a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, that they had um, hired uh, Dave Verano, the former chef at Lindsay's. The executive chef of Lindsay's, they had hired him to come and take over the kitchen of the Chard Oak Tavern in Middleborough. And they were promising that they were going to have a new menu where they brought back a lot of the favorites. And they brought back uh, a lot of those favorites for sure. But they also have a, a new burger on, on the menu that I want to go try that has um, it's it's bison meat, which I've always liked, you know, having the, the buffalo burgers. Uh, it's bison meat. It's Wagyu beef and it's elk and wild boar kind of all mixed together in this burger. So it's called the Huntsman. And uh, I think I'm going to have to go try it. I don't, I don't know if I'll get there tonight because I think I might go to that Freetown Lakeville candidates night uh, and check that out. But um, hopefully I can get down there maybe over the weekend and, and try one of those because I, I have a Seize the Deal that I got at SeizeTheDeal.com that I can use to go and get that burger. Uh, so if you are not familiar with SeizeTheDeal.com, I highly recommend that you go to it and check it out. You will find great deals there all the time for area restaurants and businesses, and we want to save you money. Almost almost all those deals there are going to be half off. So you would get, you know, if you paid $15, you'll get $30, $20, you get $40. You know, uh, we have a lot of deals, too, that are, you know, pay $25, get $50 which is, is a great help when you're going out to some of these places. And, you know, you want to be able to try multiple courses or maybe maybe you want to bring a friend or bring bring a loved one and be able to buy their dinner. That's, that's what's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save you money and have you try all these great places. So check out SeizeTheDeal.com each and every day, and you'll be able to see what those deals are. And just give me one second, and I will tell you some of the deals that are live right now because... I'm currently broke, so I haven't gone and bought any deals. So right now we have, you can get $30 to Peyton's for just $15. You can get $50 in gift certificates to Mr. Chicken for just $25. You can get $50 in gift certificates to Buddies and Brother for $25. $50 to the Bridgeview Grill for $25. There's still some limited amount left of the Yokozura Sushi uh, deal. You can get that. You can get $30 for $15. Bucks. Uh, and uh, very soon they're going to be out of Pizzoni's, $25 for twelve fifty. Also coming up, uh, they have, let me, uh, uh, let me click that, get out of my window there. You can get um, $50 to Brax Grill and Tap in Taunton for just $25. That's where you can go try the giant meatball that I wrote about. Uh, and then also we have uh, Max's in Dartmouth coming up, $25 for twelve fifty as well. So again, check that out, SeizeTheDeal.com. That's where you can find all of those great deals each and every day. Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hello. Hey, Tim. So I know recently they were just saying they were going to try to um, put people, you know, homeless people or people looking for places into a, um, you know, some of the nursing homes. 
that, that's a, it's a proposal that uh, three of the counselors put forth to to look into the possibility of maybe buying those nursing homes and refurbishing them with the idea that they would be turned into you know that a developer would want to come and buy those refurbished buildings and turn them into housing units. Yeah, because I'm figuring they must be similar to the to the housing the rooming house where each individual person in the nursing home might have had their own bathroom or, or adjoining bathrooms to two rooms, but not necessarily set up like whole apartments. But I didn't know, I guess a private owner owns it now, so they wouldn't be able to house the, the rooming house people there temporarily. No, no, they wouldn't. I mean, maybe if the per, maybe if the owner, you know, volunteered to, to use the property for that purpose, but the idea behind this, this plan that was proposed would require the city to buy those properties from the private developer uh, have the refurbishing done and then sell those uh, at a profit to a developer who would then, you know, turn them into into apartments. They they just want to get the buildings like all but up I mean, to where they need the to be. Person who, if the person who owns it now or, the, you know, whoever owns it now isn't able to sell it because some of them have been on, you know, for sale for a while. Mm-hmm. If they're not able to sell it, I'm wondering why the city would think they would be able to sell it. Could they just buy it for less and sell it for less or... I don't understand how that would even work. Yeah, I, th- I think what it is is if nobody's looking to buy it, they're not looking. They're looking. They're avoiding buying it because of the work that it needs. So what the city would do is they would kind of step in, develop that a little bit, you know, f- repair it, fix it up so that it gets to the point where the developers would be interested in it, and then turn it over. Because the city's going to be having a bunch of properties that they're going to be looking for developers to come in and buy. Right. So you know maybe this is something that they're looking to package in with some other properties. So you get to buy the armory, but you also can buy these nursing homes as well, type of thing. Right, because that's what I'm saying. It, it it sounds like an investment, and I'm just wondering right now, obviously, if there's lack of housing, maybe there'd be a better return on investment. just sounds like a lot of money up front for the city who's already, you know, it would almost be ideal, I think, if, if somebody would just buy it outright, not from the city, and then have a housing to rent out. But anyways, what I was calling about was, I mean, lately, it just seems like there's just been so many fires. Not very, very lately, but in the recent few years, we were just having fire after fire in the city. And I know at one at one point, a um, certain number of people were displaced, and they had a, a collection for, um, they had like a big box truck down, I think it was downtown, I'm trying to remember where I showed up to drop stuff off, but they were asking for items, you know. Um, and then I know also when the... Um, Refugees came, the Afghan refugees, they were looking for, um, you know, bedding, small household items, kitchen things, and stuff like that. So a lot of people, and that box truck got filled in like a very short period of time. Sure. When I got there, it was already three quarters of the way full. And they, I think they said within 45 minutes, people just packed it. So, I mean, maybe there's a lot of people doing spring, you know, cleanouts and stuff, but I'm wondering if they're going to have collections for well i don't know whether people are even going to be residing but they they must have lost everything if the building was a, a total loss yeah I, and i think a lot of times those collections depend on you know what are the supplies already on hand from the red cross uh from the salvation army you know what are these what do they already have available to give to these people uh and then obviously you have concerned citizens who will step up and want to want to help um, fill some of that gap up as well, too. So I would not be surprised if there isn't, you know, something similar that happens for these folks. I just haven't, I haven't heard of anything yet, but because it sounded I'm sure like we'll the soon. place was furnished. It was a furnished place. So whether it was furnished or their own items, either way, it sounds like they got nothing. Right. So. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, the, so my, like my hope is that people that were living there, you know, were like we heard um, Councillor Gomes mentioned to Phil, there was uh, one person whose parents had just recently moved in because they were trying to find a place and they were just there temporarily. I'm hoping that there are people who are in that situation that they do have somewhere else that they can go to. And also, hopefully, they put their stuff in storage because, I mean, how sad. You're just planning to be there for a short time and everything gets burnt to, to ashes. But um, how many people? How, I know two were missing, but um, I don't know what that even means. They're not missing in the building. They, like, weren't home at the time kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I, they're probably just not accounted for, so they don't know. They don't know. They know that they were re- maybe renting one of those rooms, but they don't know where they were. So how many people altogether got displaced? Um, I know... Let's see if I can see it in the story. Kate had the the latest story on it this morning, um, and I just don't remember off the top of my head. I'll uh, I'll look that up. I got to take a break. I'll look it up during the break okay, and let you know what I find. Take it easy. All right, have a good day. And I do I do have to take a break. We will do that when we come back on the other side. More with you five zero eight nine nine six zero five. And welcome back in 508-996-0500. Taking a look at uh, Kate's story, she said that um, over 20 people were residing in the building and were rescued. So we're looking at, um, you know, 20 plus people who are displaced now from that major fire. And again, we'll have an update uh, if Mayor Mitchell makes it in for midweek with the mayor, I know uh, from from talking with Kate, the press conference uh, maybe started a little bit late this morning for the uh, mayor's for the city's comprehensive housing plan, which um, I've had a chance to take a look at. And uh, and it's just, you know, it's embargoed till 11 o'clock, so I can't talk about it until then. But uh, they will definitely be discussing it more in depth with the mayor this evening on South Coast tonight. So you're going to want to tune in for that as well as some other issues. Uh, so also just want to say a quick thank you to the folks over at Jersey Mike's. Of course, if you're not familiar, there is a Jersey Mike's right across from WBSM and the Stop and Shop Plaza. I'm a frequent customer, love Jersey Mike's. Uh, there's also one in Dartmouth. There's one in Wareham. There's more popping up around. And one of their big things is that they are always giving back in some way. But today is their day of giving. Every year they do this where for the entire day on on March 29th, they donate 100% of all sales to 200 plus local charities nationwide. So today, the local Jersey Mikes are donating to the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundism for Autism. So 100% of everything that you buy at Jersey Mikes today, even if you just go in and buy one of their delicious cookies, the triple chocolate cookie that I was enjoying during the break, or any of their subs or anything there, 100% of that is going to go to the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. So check out Jersey Mike's uh, and make sure that you grab some lunch or some dinner there today so that you can you can um, help support the fight against autism. 508-996-0500. We got an app chat message from Chuck in New Bedford who says, there are 21 rooming or boarding houses in New Bedford. Are these buildings ever inspected? Well, my guess would be that um, they're part of the same fire inspection that any any building is, any apartment building, uh, any single family residence, you know, that that is a rental unit would have to get uh, inspected. Now, they don't do, as far as I know, in New Bedford, they don't do rental inspections. 
We did those in Wareham uh, for the past few years. I'd say probably at least five years that I can think of. And and as a renter, I would I would undergo those rental inspections. The health agent, one of the health agents from the Board of Health would come to the house, would check a few things. They would check the water temperature. Um, they would check around the outside of the building to make sure the foundation was secure, that there were no, like, open holes or anything like that. Um, they would ask, you know, are all your windows in good working order? Do they all have screens in them? Um do you have, they would ask if we had any questions, uh, if we had any problems that we had told the landlord about that the landlord wasn't taken care of. I never had to worry about that. I had a great landlord. Told him something was wrong. If he didn't have somebody there in you know a day to fix it, he was there fixing it himself. So never a problem with that. But the rental inspection would go through and check out all these things. So if you know if you had say a problem with mice, and the landlord didn't want to pay for an exterminator. Like he would tell him to tell the health agent, he would tell the landlord that he had to do it. And so it was, um, it was helpful. I didn't love it because like I felt a lot of pressure with it because, you know, I don't, I don't let people into my house. My house is kind of my space and I, I kind of keep it the way that I want it. And that might not look clean to somebody. <laughs> You know, that might not be like the most, well, my wife will live with me and she, she kept everything spotless, but I, me, not so much. And so it always gave me like a little bit of anxiety when he would come in like, oh, I haven't washed the rugs since he came last year and oh, geez. And so all those kind of things, but it was always fine. Always passed with flying colors, but should something like that be implemented in New Bedford? Now it's easier in Wareham. There's a lot less rental units and the landlords are paying for those inspections, would you want to see landlords in New Bedford have to pay for a board of health agent to come in, talk to the person about some of the problems that are going on? And it'll benefit the landlord too because the landlord doesn't have access into the property to see the way the tenants are treating it, that maybe this would be something that would help them solve some of those problems that they're complaining about how the, the apartments are left after people leave them. Maybe by getting in there every year, this could this could require people to to do a better job of keeping keeping up their apartments. You know, when I signed my lease and with my landlord in Wareham, it was I had to maintain the outside. You know, I had to maintain the outside of the property in terms of like mowing the lawn, trimming the bushes, and and even that the landlord came and trimmed the bushes. He loved doing it. Him and his wife really enjoyed it, and I didn't know how to do it, and they were better at it than me. And so they loved to come down and do it. So I was I was lucky in that regard. But I would have to do that. I'd have to keep trash from building up around it. Um, and I'd have to keep the interior clean. Like it's all, that was all in the lease agreement. That was all part of it. Uh, but they didn't check up on it to make sure that I did it. He would just call me at the beginning of the spring, say, do the bushes need a trim? You want me to come by with my trimmer? And, you know, do you have any brush you want me to take to the dump and all that stuff? But I think if you had somebody doing that regularly in New Bedford, it might solve some of these issues. All right. I do have to take a break. Uh, my final break of the hour. I believe Mayor Mitchell is going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. I just don't know if it'll be for the full hour because um, they are having that press conference. Uh, but uh, we'll find out. We'll take a break and be back in a few. All right. That's going to do it. Another hour down. We'll be